Welcome to Songwriter Trists, an intimate podcast that interviews artists about the art of songwriting and find out more about the life behind the songs. I'm singer-songwriter Ray Lee, your host for this show. Music saved my life and I want to talk to other songwriters about the power of songwriting, talk about their journey and how they got to where they are today. This is a safe space to share stories, lessons and emotions, all the great things that build an amazing song. For more information on this podcast and the guests, visit songwritertrists.com. Today's episode with Renella Ferreira is kind of exciting because we're going to talk about a different side of the music industry that Ronella has a lot of experience with. She's an original songwriter and an amazing singer from the States. She is well known for her mastery of singing the national anthem in America at games and stadiums all over the place, uh, as well as being a contestant on a show called Revenge Body with Chloe Kardashian a few years ago where she went on to talk about her health and her wellness. She has had a big struggle with her weight and as a singer and an artist in this industry, it's something that mental health and physical health is something we all have to struggle with and we all are challenged with. And so we go into a little bit more depth around her journey, her story and how it is she got through that show with Khloe Kardashian, what it's been like before and after and what's the the overall uh, struggle and how it's worked. She has an amazing social channel on Instagram and Facebook um, and a few other places which I will put in the description of this podcast to be able to follow her if you want to be inspired and you want to see someone else who is just being open and honest and sharing her journey I really encourage you to go and check it out I'm looking forward to sharing her music and a bit more of her life and story with you we had such an amazing chat I'm so proud of what she has achieved and I'm so proud of how she is inspiring and using her gifts to share her life and her journey with other people. Uh, It's all about connection and music and love and um, I'm just so proud. So thank you so much. Here is the chat that we had. Welcome to A Songwriter Tris with Renella Ferreira. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. No problem, Ray. I'm so uh, honored to be a part of your podcast. <laughs> well, it's kind of something that started out of lockdown um, and my passion for songwriting and talking with other artists about why we songwrite and why we are creative and tell stories. Um, and I wanted to find out a little bit more about your story because... I'm sure that there's a lot more than what I could find online. So I'm going to get you in your own words to start with. Introducing yourself in your own words, who are you and where do you come from? Sure. I'm Ranella Ferrer. I've been singing since I was just a fetus in my mother's room. Basically, as long as I can remember, I was born in the Philippines and I've always been a singer. I grew up all throughout elementary uh, down to the time that I moved to the U.S., I was always a singer, uh, always the girl that they had singing during, uh, you know, the, what do you call that, the showcase, the talent showcase. It's like, oh, gosh, it's Ranella again. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> so That's what I I've do. always <laughs> been, <laughs> right, I've always been known as a singer um, since I was a little girl. And then when I came to the U.S., that's when it expanded more. I met one person to another, and that's when um, my songwriting also expanded as well. But I was still a little bit more shy during that time with songwriting. I was a bit insecure Mm. of, you know, my confidence in putting my words to the lyrics of the song, if my ideas were okay or whatnot. Um, so that's my background in the songwriting part. But as far mm. as performance goes, my confidence was uh, very, like, I was very exposed. Mm. Um, all I wanted to do was perform. I love performing. I love singing. Um, and it doesn't show that I'm shy, but it's funny because I'm really like an artist at heart. So at the end of the day, I'm really like an introvert. An introvert. Yeah. I'm really shy. So only when the lights are on me right now or only when the spotlight is 
or the attention is on me, that's when I like, you know, I open up. But other than that, if I was just going in as a regular guest for something and then going to a party or whatnot, I'm usually the most quiet one. I like to sit in the corner and observe everyone. So that's kind of (laughs) like, that's kind of like the ironic part about it being an artist. Um, So throughout my quest of being an artist, I was also independent and I was one of the first Asian artists performing all over um, LA pretty much mm-hmm. actually I would say all over the US at that time because there was no really Asian American artist that was stepping up to the plate that mm-hmm. was going against like the hip-hop R&B realm at that time like again you know I was opening up for Keisha Cole I was opening up for Stevie Wonder B2K Tyrese uh, you know Nelly during yeah. that time I was so young and so fresh straight out of high school I didn't know what I was doing I just wanted to perform yeah but my family wasn't as supportive of the career that I chose. So I decided to be, you know, to work, um, you know, my nine to five while I was going to school also at the same time. And then I would go to the studio late at night, literally grinding it out for the past, like, mm. for, for like two years. School, actually work, school, studio, work, school, studio. Down to holidays, I couldn't wait till like dinner time was over, and I'm like, okay, are we done with Thanksgiving dinner? Because I'm going to the studio. So that's (laughs) you're a bit of a workaholic. (laughs) Yes, I actually am. I'm such a workaholic. So I think that developed my skills of, um, you know, before you know it, I just look back and I'm like, oh my god, how did I get here? But Mm. also through that time, I have had this love for food, so (laughs) I gained about like seventy to ninety pounds, and. I stopped performing because I started getting embarrassed of having people see me as that. Yeah. I stopped taking photos. Um, that's when social media was blooming. Instagram was blooming. And mm. I was like, oh my God, everyone's getting likes from all these beautiful photos from Instagram. And here I am. I'm like, oh, no way. I have to yeah. have a skinny app just to make myself look more beautiful. But, you know, obviously, you know, hindsight looking back, it still didn't stop me from singing uh, as mm. far as having my voice. I've always had a voice. Mm. So fast forward, I stopped performing. And it's funny, actually, because um, today I had a reminder that um, five years ago, I announced that, oh, I'm going to be on Kobe's last season to sing the national anthem for the Lakers, right? This is 2015. And five years ago, I was still overweight at that time. And I remember stressing my mom. I'm like, I'm about to sing for Kobe. I don't know what to wear. All I wear now is 4XL and 3XL. And I hated shopping. Everything I wore was black. And I was so embarrassed. So January 10th, 2016 happened. I sang. Obviously, I was nervous. The most, still to this day, probably the most nerve-wracking gig that I've ever had in my life. First of all, it was on my checklist to be able to sing for Kobe, to be able to sing for Lakers to be able to sing at the Staples Center all in one night. So I remember like 15 minutes before the game, I ran to the bathroom and I was just like, in the bathroom stall like this, like breathing. Like, <gasps> like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm about to do this. Intense. Yeah. Right. And then that happened. And crazy enough, that same night, I have this thing. Every time I perform, like a big performance, I get emotional. Like, I want to be held. because like, It's like so much adrenaline, right? Mm. So that night, I was crying. I'm like, what's next? What's next for me? I'm still fat. I'm still, oh. you know. Yeah. So, and I didn't even want to post that video neither because I was like, shoot, people are going to be so, like, judgmental because I gained weight. Not thinking, like, no, I just know for Kobe at the Lakers. Hello. Mm. But I was still embarrassed to, you know, put myself out there in the world. But that same night, actually, what also when I saw the casting for Revenge Body by Khloe Kardashian. Mm. And I was like, wait, what is this? And I just submitted myself. It took me like three hours because it's like a really in-depth application trying to get to, to know your personality or whatever. So I was just being myself at that time. I was more goofy and like, I think that was my way of having people to like me because of, you know, I was overweight. So I was the funny girl and, you yeah. know, I was not the hot girl anymore. I was the girl that was, if, your boys ask you, oh, do you have a girlfriend that can hang out with us? The girls would be like, yeah, she's a, she has a great personality. I'm that girl now uh, with a great personality. <laughs> so Dude, I think you're beautiful. Of- it's it's, it's oh, really interesting so to talk about yourself in a way that 
I think a lot of women will relate to. Like I've felt like that. Everyone feels like yeah. that, I think. And we all have right. that girl in our head that says you're not good enough, you don't look pretty enough or you're not skinny enough. Right. Just not enough in general. How, did, right. how no. did you get through that? I mean, to be honest, I still to this day, like, I mean, obviously I'm in a much more confident state now, but I think that knowing that, like you said, you yourself, you're a beautiful woman. You look like you're fit, especially Aussies are so fit. <laughs> I, that's one thing I realized too with the fitness world, because now I'm into the fitness world too, that most fitness people that I meet are from Australia. I'm like, <laughs> what do you guys have? <laughs> are you guys we have born? <laughs> And and our <laughs> our large meals at McDonald's are definitely about probably the same as your small size. Like our portions over here are way smaller than yours. Yeah. That's that's so true. That's one thing I remember because everything here, the portion are so much bigger. Yeah. So that's probably why. But I also hear like you guys have a lot of great hiking trails yeah. or whatnot. That, that's probably stuff. why. We still have an obesity stuff. problem here though. We do definitely have um a lot of people really struggling with their weight and that's it's not um, right. a generic thing. There's definitely the fitness buffs. <laughs> but I think you do right. that everywhere. Yeah. Just when I thought I knew it all Curiosity stepped in There's no big announcement Where am I? A different world My innocence Once was here but now it's gone Strange places got me seen Strange places everywhere I turn it to fantasy You know what I realized too when it comes to that is because like like I myself, so fast forward now I'm on, you know, revenge body, now I'm a fitness mm-hmm. motivator on top of being music as my core. I'm actually hosting right now a Vanilla Weight Loss Challenge that oh, nice. uh, have I have over like twenty three people signed up. Initially I was just gonna pick twenty. Yeah. But I felt bad for the other three because they were like, <laughs> No, we really want it and I was like, Okay, fine. So I am actually doing it all over again because after Revenge Body throughout the years, obviously I couldn't keep the weight off because I was like trying to work out so hard to get to a certain weight that mm-hmm. once I started getting back into the real world, getting busy again, and then now working on rebranding myself as a singer, mm-hmm. I didn't have as much time to work out religiously as I mm-hmm. used to when I was on the show. But yep. now I'm all over like different, doing different things, different places. So I decided since it's uh, the last of the year, 2020, mm. I want to get back to my goal. I was like, I might as well end this year with a bang and go back to like my real fitness, you know, regimen. So I yeah. said, the only way I can do that is other people were account- like for accountability. Yeah. So now I feel like I'm having my own Renella Revenge Body because I do have people that's part of um, the weight loss challenge that's literally going through mental issues that, Okay, mm. you know, one person was like, please help me. I don't really know what to do. Every time I pick up the food, it's just I think about, like, you know, my mom's issues and, you know, and some everyone does feel, you know, some type of insecurity, obviously, yeah. because they're overweight. Some people are skinny and they're still trying to lose weight. And it's really all it's mental. It's a human thing. It is, yeah. It's a it's humanity thing. Mm. Right. So it feels good to know that. I'm actually doing it with people and they're all so motivated once they start doing the challenge with me because I'm doing it with them. Like last week was the first week. It was so hard. No sugar, no caffeine, no coffee for me. And my thing was like cakes and cookies and stuff (laughs) like that. So I had like a huge headache, but I feel so much better right now. My treadmill is my best friend. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) I'm detoxing now. That's good. Oh, well done. It is. It's such a hard thing. And and the hardest part is that first step of making the decision. Like what, because someone told me once in like the self-development thing was like, there's a difference between making a wish or hoping for something and then deciding to do something because a decision is followed up by with action. 
like straight away. And so if you're taking action, you've made that decision. That is the hardest thing. So many people out there want to lose weight, but it's more of a wish list. It's not a a decision. They haven't made that decision to do it. Um, And it is a mental thing. I did personal training and health coaching for like 10 years. This was my my pre-music life. Yeah. My degree is literally in um, biomedical science. I majored in human physiology. And if I had have known what I was looking for back then, I probably would have done a psychology degree um, because in the 10 years of personal training people, you know, most people know how to do a squat. You know, it's not so much about what to do or how to do it. It's the accountability like you're talking about. Right, and it's, right. It's the self-belief and the core beliefs and the mental health of us right. as, as human beings, especially women. And like I'm a mother. I've got three kids. And um, Wow, you so don't I, even look like it. That's how you. I want to be. <laughs> um, it, 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 it takes a habit, you know, it takes a, and it takes a choice. But those choices that we make, and I think the conscious, this is what I've learned over the years is the choices that we make. A lot of my, I was a gym junkie. Like I went to the gym six days a week before wow. having children and That's it was, you've always been fit well it was something that I, I consciously made the decision of because I was, I was a control freak and I I had <laughs> to I felt so out of control I think emotionally and I was so stressed mm-hmm. all the time emotionally which I was unaware of because I had PTSD from um, child abuse and oh, so I pe- I controlled it through going to the gym and controlling what I put in my mouth. And, and I would say that I struggled with a lot of sort of body dysmorphia and mental health issues that other people from the outside don't see. All people right. saw on the outside was this healthy, beautiful young girl who looked like she had all of her stuff together. Um, right. But actually inside, I was absolutely dying and miserable. And wow. music was the one thing that got me through that, um, was That's my songwriting. Amazing. So it's something I understand, but it is, it's a mental right. thing. It's yeah. a mental thing. Like one person was even, mind you, this person, I'm not even going to say which one it is. Cause I don't know if they're ready to speak on it, but sure. one person on the challenge is a big influencer, big influencer, have millions of followers. Mm. And part of my challenge, when they saw my, my post that day, that person said that they were going to supposed to commit suicide that day. And and for the fact that they saw that, they were like, okay, well, I'm just going to join this. And then now they're feeling better about themselves and, you know, because they're starting to work out and whatnot. So that makes me feel good. Yeah. So I, I actually feel like I'm doing more than what I expected because now I'm, I'm literally checking on them one by one. Like I have a group chat. Everyone's cheering each other on. Like, oh my God, guys, I lost 10 pounds since last week. So we're like, yes, (laughs) keep going. You know, we're so happy for each other. But I also check on them like directly on their DMs. Like, hey, how's it going? Like one person, her mom has COVID. So I was like, just don't cheat. Just continue to discipline yourself. So I make sure I still check on them because it feels like I still am empathizing because I know how it is and how hard it is and how hard it was for me even last Mm. week again to go through just protein shakes and the diet that I had to go through to just just to get myself back down to a control of what you know the eating habit. So mm. now it's a little bit more balanced, and I'm okay. And I'm you know all I can do is just work out as much as I can because it's not going to go anywhere if I don't get on the treadmill, <laughs> especially right now amazing. in California. Yeah, thank you so much. I think it's amazing what you're yeah. doing, and it is about the small things that we can do to connect with other people and support yeah. each other. And I think that's why. I love art and music because it's a way of connecting with people on such a different mm-hmm. scale um, and allowing right. and giving permission to us to connect with each other on a human right. level. Um, so I want to go back to your singing because I want to know more about that. Were you? <laughs> right, thank you, you said you you were said you were a singer like from your mother's womb. <laughs> I, I have to say, I think I was like, I was the girl in, in primary school that everyone was constantly telling me to shut up because I was, I would hum when I was doing my work. Oh my and like, I just, oh. and I look at it now and it was like, you know, that's just who I was. I was a singer, but I didn't know that. It wasn't something that my family supported right. either. Um, and right. so I, I went down there, I'm going to be a doctor because I want to help people. And that's why I did all the work that I did. Um, right. But at heart, I look at it now and I'm like, no, I was definitely an artist. I was creative. I was right. always musical, very shy as right. well. So I want to know what what got you through, like what were you like as a kid and how did you mm-hmm. move past that, not right. necessarily having the support of family in that decision? 
you know, I still get not just not with family anymore, but with just people. Mm. Um, I still get that sometimes when new people that I encountered, that's why my goal is still, you know, has yet to be done. My first thing is like, there's still no Asian American artist that's a household name. So like a Beyonce level or that can go head to head next to, you know, to the, the biggest artists of the world. And yeah. I still do get that. And, um, you know, when I was younger, I was, I, I guess I was the same way. I listened to other people. So I was like, okay, well, let me just be quiet. Even as I got into my, um, but I knew deep down inside I could sing. That's the thing about mm. it. I knew I could sing. All my favorite singers of the world was like, you know, Mariah Carey. Did Karen, someone tell you you could people. sing? Or you just My knew. dad. Yeah. Um, my dad, well, I knew I could sing, but my dad always kept me, uh, pushing me when I was little. I remember I still have a photo of myself somewhere where I have, uh, money on my hand while singing, um, mm. to the public. Cause my dad would always bribe me with money here. If you sing, I'll give you money. I was oh. like, okay. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> so, so yeah. So, um, but cause I was really shy. I didn't yeah. want to, I'm like, Oh, why do I have to do this? Mm. So, you know, but I, even as I got older, obviously, you know, I also encountered people questioning like, hmm, you're Asian. Can you really sing? Oh, Especially wow. here in the U.S. Yeah, I get that really a lot. You know, in the, yes, unfortunately, yes. Because mm. they're like, well, can you sing? And that's why I love doing it now. Like mm. people get, some people get offended when they're like, go sing something then. I love it. I'm like, let me prove you wrong. <laughs> and let me give you, I'm like, let me give you goosebumps while I'm at it. They're like, oh shoot, because they get surprised. So, you know, I'm so used to that. But even one thing I you know, it's just confidence and knowing yourself because you can encounter like a relationship. I remember I had a boyfriend mm. that didn't even want me to sing. Actually, um, when I did the national anthem, when I first submitted the national anthem uh, before I got the Lakers gig, I asked him to record me mm. so that I could submit it. And he was like lazily doing it, like, oh, can't even do it anyway. So what, you know, it's like, yeah. that's the energy we were giving me. Like, why are you doing this? So obviously I was kind of like crushed, but I was like, well, whatever. So when I was on my own, mm. I still did it again. But, you know, I just kept moving forward. And even right now, I still get that type of treatment. Um, you know, like, I'll give you an example. This quarantine, I was booked for a Netflix skit. Mm-hmm. I was around choir like people in the choir was from the voice um they were on beyonce's um vocal choir you know they were from different like they're like really vocal powerful vocal singers Mm. and i could already tell you know i'm always i'm i'm aware that i'm different because like i said there's still no asian american artist even a part of that choir, right so my face is very like still uh you know it's rare so I could tell I was still being questioned by my ability. Yeah. And that's why I've always had to put my foot down harder and work harder amongst the rest because I feel like I always have to prove myself like, well, I know you think I'm probably not that great, but let me just show you really how I sound. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, I mean, I just keep going because I know what I've done. And one thing I'm grateful for now, because I have surpassed that and I'm grateful that, I mean, the proof is in the pudding now, obviously, yeah. as I keep going and going, even with this, the national anthem. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the best singer in the world, but obviously you have to push it with hard work behind it. Yeah. I've sung You're for the, the best you singer in the world. Like right. you, you sing you. and use your voice so well. Mm-hmm. And we will have some showcases of your voice in the podcast. Right. But like yes. <laughs> you own it, you know, and that's yours. And no one else sounds like you. Like that's it, you know. Right. And it's amazing. Right. Right. Although I do, like, there's been times I question myself. Like, I think it was last week, maybe because I was on my diet and I was like my <laughs> first week and I was going through me against me. I didn't want to be around anyone. I didn't want to be tempted with food. And I was going through some like really like uh, detox down to mm. spiritual. Mm. And I was like, wait, maybe I just don't sing that great. And I was like questioning myself. And I was like, dude, I had to snap out of it. The next day I got myself dressed. I still got on the treadmill. I was like, I just made myself feel good. I'm like, no. I'm not going to let myself feel like this. No way. Yeah. Like I, I didn't do and get this far for no reason. And mm. I think I was just hungry. 
<laughs> and we have to keep telling ourselves no to things all the time. And that's right. that doesn't go away. There's not one day when someone wakes up and they're like, yes, I'm the perfect human being who's happy all the time anymore. Like that doesn't happen. Humanity right. is a roller coaster of happiness, sadness, anger, and fear. And that's just the cycle right. we go on. And as women, I, I don't know if we feel it more in our monthly cycles, but we, <laughs> <That's him. laughs> so, we so do. And I think that there is beauty in every single emotion that we have and right. every single emotion we have is absolutely essential to who we are as human right. beings, especially as artists, because as artists, it's our job to connect those emotions to who exactly. we are and our music. So, and we're so sensitive mm. and we are more sensitive than anything at the end of the day. Like that's why we are artists because our inner is what, people see and that's how we like with you with your songwriting or with your singing that's how people feel your emotions is through you know your art and that's Mm. how it is with me too it's like when I do the national anthem I mean obviously right now that's one thing that I like you know uh, mastered Mm. I I, you know I hear people like saying oh my god I had tears in my eyes where do you hear that and it's, it's weird but I love it and I mean and that's why I say, like, also, too, when it comes to performing in front of thousands of people, mm. it's more than just your face. It's more than just, you know, your physical now, your social media. It's really your heart. It's because mm. it's your light that shines. Because how am I going to reach, let's say, a minimum of 30,000 people in front of me right now for two minutes? Mm. It doesn't matter what LeBron is about to play or whatever, yeah. Steph Curry, you know. But I'm about to sing and have the spotlight for two minutes in this stadium Mm. to make sure that everyone feels and open up for them at this time. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of pressure, but it's, it feels good. And I, I don't know. Mm. I, sometimes people think it, well, I think it's weird. I don't know why I, I love <laughs> It's a gift so you like, have though. Yeah, like, I, I can relate to what you're saying. And right. when you sing like, and you see people stop and listen and you, you feel the connection, don't you? Yeah, it's, mm. it, yeah. And it's like, a, you know, it's a gift. Mm. It's like, that's why I think when people say, oh, I want to be a singer, like, you know, during later on, I'm like, well, let me ask you something. What's your reasoning why you want to be a singer? Mm. Because if you want to be famous or want to be known just because of the glitz and glam, it's not going to work because mm. it's beyond that too. It's more so there's so much elements that come with this gift. Like mm. now you have to deal with the business part of it. Now you have to deal with the people. I mean, throughout <laughs> this career, you're going to be heartbroken. You're going to have to sacrifice. You're going to have to sacrifice self-time, sacrifice mm. time with family, sacrifice, I mean, just your emotion. You could be brokenhearted. Like one time, you know, I had to sing the national anthem and I had a guy just break my heart right before I sung. And I think he did that on purpose, but I still had to perform in front of a freaking crowd. Wow. So it's like, what do you do? You know? Yeah. So no, that's... Like you're, Mm-hmm. Very difficult. So what about, because um, you have written some songs. Yes. And that's what I want to talk to you about. Do you remember when you wrote your first song? Actually, that's a good, no one has asked me that question before. Thank you for asking that question. That was mm-hmm. I believe I wrote my first song when I was, I think, third grade. Mm. but I forgot what it was about. I think it was about playing with kids. No, but I'll never, just, I'll, how about this? My grown up one, the first song that I created when I first started my career, like when yeah. I first started recording as a recording artist. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. It was so corny. <laughs> Jeez. It was um, me. Oh yes. It was called ex best friend. Oh my God. It was called <laughs> ex best friend. Cause the guy that I was dating at that time, was we were, you know, best friends. And then, you know, um, I think it was so corny. Ex-best friend, you look so hot tonight. I wish I may. I wish I might have that wish I wish tonight. <laughs> <What>? Very Disney-esque. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that was my first. <laughs> what the heck? You're not supposed to have a fantastic yet. first song. It's not, like, it's a writer passage right. as a songwriter to have a corny first song. That's <laughs> Right. So it's like, I, I, yeah, I remember that. So that was the first song that I wrote. Um, but throughout the career, it's so funny because I've always felt insecure of my songwriting. Mm. I don't know why. I felt like when someone was like, right, Renella, and I, I, I cringe and I'm like, uh, 
no, is there a songwriter in the studio? Or I want to always like, uh, what you call it, collab with a songwriter because I feel like, what if this is not good enough? What if I can't, you know, uh, what you call it? What if this is not relevant? What if it's mm. not the cool song nowadays? But it's so funny because it's only really now that I've actually started to embrace my songwriting skills, mm. and. Because I realize sometimes too, when someone tries to help me write or someone submits a song to me that's already written, I cringe and I'm like, no, this is corny. Like, I, I, no, this is not me. I don't drink at the club 24 seven. I don't mm. go open my legs like, tw- like that's not me. So I have mm. to be who so I you're am. You're not singing you know? what? <laughs> yes, unfortunately, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm like, no, no, not yet. No, never. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kidding. I think I've passed that stage, but who knows? Maybe privately. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, um, yeah, it's it's just a matter of like, just like performing. It's like confidence of continuing to do it over and over and over mm. again. But especially mastering the type of song that's out right now, it's a different type of delivery. If you listen to, mm. you know, because people are like, oh, it's a different R&B rhythm. It's like, it's like very so talk singing yeah it's not like back in the days we sing sing and i'm a mm. sing singer so i have to like adjust to kind of like what's relevant now to still being myself that's yeah and that, that's a difficult thing that we all have to kind of manage it's like how can you be yourself in the current like yeah fashion of music that people will right. be comfortable listening to and not feel like they've either tra- traveled back in time or in a whole new world altogether because you don't want to shock people you want them to feel comfortable right. and hear the song so right. do you know where that you, you've expressed a lot of mental shyness and, and insecurities around right. writing and I totally get that I wrote in my bedroom for like 30 years before I shared it with anyone that's so a lot of I, years oh my gosh I'm, I'm a bedroom performer it? I released what? my first single in January. So I'm finally sharing my songs now, That's but they're amazing. songs that I wrote a long time ago. Thank you. That's amazing. A lot. So I get it. I get the insecurity. And like, I didn't think I could sing. I didn't have anyone telling me I could sing because my voice is so, very different. So how do you feel now that it's like released? Oh, amazing. My dad um, kind of gave me like a blessing. I think it was a year ago. He's a pastor and um, oh, we went awesome. for a walk and he stopped and he just said, you know, Ray, you have the voice that God gave you and it's exactly the voice you're meant to have. And I was like, I don't know, as soon as he said those words, it was like just what I needed to hear to like release all of my insecurities and shyness and fear of like, yeah, this is my voice and this is the gift I was given and it's not meant to be like anyone else's. And yeah, I don't know, it just kind of was the next thing. Yeah, and it just uh, getting older as well and more mature. And <laughs> it doesn't, you know, don't, don't even don't even think about that. It doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter. No. Nowadays, you can break barriers at any. It doesn't matter. I don't yeah. even think about that. I don't even think about age anymore. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah, because social media is so big. They can just hear your. They can hear your song on Spotify and not know how old you are. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So it doesn't matter. Don't even think matter. about that. Don't. Because I think that's also like kind of like, all, you know, um, but part of like the insecurity I had at one point, like last week, I was like, oh my God, I'm getting old. And, you know, yeah. I'm here with like the 17, 18, 19. That's, I mean, that's probably, they're probably not even that age neither. So yeah. at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't matter because with nowadays, I mean, we're in quarantine. All they can do is do podcasts or do like yeah. listen to audio. Yeah. They can't perform. They can't see you live. They, if you do get a gray hair or a wrinkle, or whatever, they can't see that online. Like, or yeah. they can't see that in <laughs> real life. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Like, I yeah. think that there's no limit to anything. That's one thing that I would tell anybody. Well, the there's only people no that tell you it matters is like the cosmetic people, really. I mean, like right. the people that the people that want it to matter are the ones that are selling you a product to fix it because it matters. But like, right. really, it, it doesn't make you any less of a human. If you have no. a wrinkle or gray hair, if anything, no. it gives it you experience. I, it doesn't matter. I feel like there's there's no barriers to anything you want to do in life because, you know, something can happen. Like nowadays, you see what happened with us. This is unexpected. Mm. You could, There might be like a breakthrough 50-something-year-old that's a pop star. <laughs> Who knows, you yeah. know? Like there, it's just that people put limits to things because that's what they're just used to. But yeah. 
if people understand that there's really no boundaries to what the expectations are in real life of what should be great, then it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Cause I mm. feel like I'm the person that would prove to people. I'm like, people said, said no to me so many times, like, Oh, it's never going to mm. happen. And mm-hmm. since before, since I was like in my early twenties, like, Oh, you're already 20 years old and you're going to be da-da-da. like, mm. no, I'm still writing and thriving. So I'm fine. Well, do you know how I just think those people that say no, like, because you do get people that you get people that think they know everything and they're like, no, you're never going to be successful. That's, you're never going to be mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And like in my head, I'm like, well, you just can't see it. You're like, you're not a visionary. Yeah. You, like you have a you limit. Know, you to, see yeah, it. I see mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And so for me, yeah. it's as real as like breathing. Right. But right. other people, sometimes they true. can't see it and that's okay because they'll see it eventually just like when they see well, you, you see, Thank you. Know? you. <laughs> right. That's what I they said. I'm like, you know, even... My dad, my dad is one of, to me, one of the smartest people in the world. Mm. He thinks he knows everything. But I, <laughs> you know, I'm a daddy's girl, so I'm like, I always smart him sometimes. And now he just looks at me like, okay, just be careful. And, you know, all he's telling me now is like, just good luck to whoever you're dating. Because oh. I created a monster. I'm like, I told you. So that's the only thing right now. It's like, you know, there's no barriers to anything. I feel like there's yeah. really no limit. And if you really work hard at what you really want to do. It's not too late for anything. So your songwriting again, what was it do you think that helped you get past those insecurities with your songwriting? You know, just my emotion. I mm. think it's my emotions got the best of me and I it's just started coming out. And I was like, oh, wow, I just did this. Yeah. And it's like no formula because I didn't know, okay, am I supposed to write this formula? Am I supposed to rhyme? Am I supposed to? No, if yeah. it sounds good, it sounds good, I think. I mean... Yes. Obviously, Thank you. <laughs> I'm still cringing like, oh my God, is this the way it's supposed to be written? Dude, does country song have a format? I don't even think there's a format for country songs. They just say whatever they want to feel. Like, you know, mm-hmm. this girl had a did and they had a threesome. And I just realized <laughs> so it was a country song that sounded so innocent, but it was talking about a threesome. I was like, yeah. what the heck? It's crazy. So They have a way I of doing think, that. Right. If, you know, if it sounds good, it'll sound good you know, yeah. and the masses will just follow if they'll hear. But I mean, to me, what the songs that get to me anyway are the ones that you play. As soon as you play it, it gets to my heart, like, yeah. or it gets me feeling some type of feeling. Yeah. Those are the songs that like strike out to me. Anyway. Yeah. So. Oh, that's, that's me as well. Like I am, um, I'm not yeah. classically trained, but I agree. It's like, it should feel good. And if I, as the artist love it. And for like some of the right. songs, like I said, I've been playing them for like five, ten. 15 years in my bedroom and I've continued to play the same songs to myself that I'm like I know I love this song so why wouldn't I share that right and if people love it or they don't love it that doesn't matter because I know I love it because I've got years and years and years I haven't got bored of it yet so I think I'm never going to get bored of it so I think it is about having that confidence of like as long as you love it and you think it sounds good that's the most important thing right exactly and people will feel you Mm. you know and no matter what, and when you express that to the world, that love and that passion or emotion that you have, the more, when you finally bring it out and share that, the mm. more you feel it, the more you connect, that's how much easier it's going to connect with people. Yeah. And yeah, that's how, I mean, really, if you think about it. And you, you have had, um, you had a song I saw on, oh, I'm going to forget what it is now with Disney. Oh, on the that. trailer. 
Yes. <laughs> that was a while ago. Most, <laughs> yes. So most of my songs are actually like when I first started in the music business, that's okay. That's another thing. Yeah. I'm very critical of myself. So my new music has yet to be released. Yeah. Most of the songs I have are really, most of them are actually pre revenge body. Yeah. So before I gained the weight and um, that song um, called so that's actually, it's called uh, Whirlwind. Okay. Mm-hmm, that's right. Yep. So the funny thing is we initially, I actually co-wrote that with um, my assistant at that time. He was also a songwriter. So we just started writing um, yep. David GT. Um, and we just thought about, well, for me, my experience in Hollywood at that time, it was my first time being exposed to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And it was talking about uh, like a whirlwind, don't know where I'm going. Um, you know, I'm lost in this wonderland. I was really talking about Hollywood. Yeah. And like, you know, my innocence and like, what the heck is going on here? Like what's going on around me? These creatures that I'm seeing. <laughs> I was starting to see the real uh, ugly parts of the business of how mm-hmm. people are just users and like out for themselves and snakes. And I was like, God, I did not sign up for this. And <laughs> You know, so I'm really like, I'm really close to God too. So that's another mm. thing. Um, I wanted to make sure that I didn't lose my morality and integrity to get to this level of my career. And I've had to really walk away from so many opportunities that was only going to give it to me if I gave it up right. or gave my, yeah. yeah. And I, I said, no, no, thank you. I'm too talented for that. Yeah. No, thank you. So, you know, um, so that time when I wrote that, it was strictly like, you know, that's, what I was feeling with what I was going, you know, with what was going on in my environment at that time mm. called And, you know, uh, that song was the, actually, it was my first lesson of learning about publishing. Yeah, because okay. initially it was supposed to be with Disney and I was still signed under a different publishing company. And yeah. the people who introduced me to Disney was a different publishing company who was ready to represent me. Uh, And then they found out, they were like, do you know you're still under such and such? I was like, what? What do you mean? I didn't even know I was under such and such. Oh, you signed something that you weren't aware you'd signed or? Yes. I signed something that, you know, because dumb and not knowing lack of knowledge in the business. Again, that's Mm. the business side of the music. So I was kind of crushed because I was like, oh my God, I'm about to be on the Disney soundtrack. And I just created that. Yeah. So I created that visual just to, and it so happens to match up to so well. the premiere. So, mm. yeah, so that's what happened to that song. It's still a good song out there. I, You know, that's what I'm saying. It's like so many songs and ideas that I have out there that still has yet to be released to what I want it now. And that's my part of insecurity that I'm working on now is, yeah. okay, stop trying to be such a perfectionist before I release the song that I want. You know? I had to work through that. Perfectionism is really hard. Right. Hello. Me, it was never 15 good years. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I can't never believe you enough. took so long. Right. <laughs> uh, mine was definitely um, core beliefs around self-worth and music really saved my life. Like, I mean, I, I went through some serious abuse and, and different circumstances when I was a kid and music and writing songs was like my safe haven where I felt like I was allowed to express myself. And I think wow. I had this belief that if I shared my songs with other people and they didn't like it, that I would lose the music somehow. I would lose those songs that were keeping me alive. And I think I thought that if I shared it and I lost it, I'd kill myself. Like that's seriously oh, where really? it would go. It, it was, my mental health was so fragile for such a long time. Um, and I've had that's to do some crazy. serious work <laughs> on my mental health wow. to, to get to a place now where I can talk about it like this. Because at the time, like I couldn't talk to anyone about music or like if people asked me and they said, what are your top five most important things? I'd be like music and family. And people would be like, why music? Because they had no idea that I was musical. And oh, was, wow. Like, it was just such a hidden part of me. Um, wow. And I, I'm yeah. so, congratulations. I'm so proud of you. I'm glad that you finally, <laughs> you can, how can you do that and, and not unleash the beast? Like that's such yeah, I was a suppressed ball of pressure for a long time, but it's so good to have it out now. And I think I think everything happens at the right time. And right. Um, started releasing my music this year, which is music that got me through really, really dark, depressing, horrific mm-hmm. mental health times. And so a lot of them are very hopeful and faith inspired, but also do talk about dif- difficult mental health issues. 
And so this year, I think a lot of people have had to struggle with anxiety and depression. And some people for the first time, the first time they've been under sort of this sort of pressure. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I hope that my songs are encouraging to people, you know, in that way. That's what people need right now too. Yes. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So what's Especially going on right with now. you? Why why haven't you released these songs? What's going on? You know, it's a matter of just finding the right, um, I guess. Okay, so I'm very picky when it comes to engineering. Mm-hmm. So I work with different people. And, you know, as an artist, I'm actually sensitive with the people that I work with, being in the studio with, you know, it's a male-dominated mm. industry. Here yeah, in the US, it's like, yeah, you go to the studio and it's like a bunch of mail. And, you know, I want to make sure that I work with people that I'm comfortable with. So after Revenge Body, I tried to figure out how to rebrand myself so I can put myself out there again in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Because at that time, obviously, I'm like, okay, I can't afford studio time just yet. What am I going to do? You know, how can mm-hmm. I attract these producers to want to work with me again? Yeah. So I had to rebrand myself so that they can see like, oh, she's busy. She's doing something, you know. So mm-hmm. that's how I kind of... uh started uh seeking for different uh producers and down to management down to team Mm -hmm. so that's one of the reasons that kind of like slowed me down because i want i guess as a perfectionist too i'm like this is going to be my core this is what the world's been waiting for i mean all this stuff that i've gone through my core is music i performed you know i've done this tv or whatever but i still don't have a music that i can be completely proud to release for the world yeah so it's just been a battle with when it comes to the business part of it just put it that way it is Dealing it's, it's challenging different, the business part of it is what really sucks about this industry because yeah. if it was just all in me then it would just be like okay one two three let's just go yeah but the business part of it sometimes whether we create something and I don't know what it is. Like one time I went to the studio and we had such a good vibe with the people that I was working with. Yeah. When I left the studio, all of a sudden, everyone was started getting greedy. Oh, I wrote the song. Oh, I wrote the song. Oh, I own the masters. Wait yeah. a minute. Hold on. How come you didn't discuss this in front of me? Yeah. You know, you like, first of all, you don't own the masters. This is my, my, my beats that I got from my producer. So how are you going to own the masters? Yeah. So that's another thing that I'm like, what is going on with people? It's, it's such, it's still such a crazy game because everyone's trying to like, no, I'm going to make it first. I'm going to make it first. Like, mm. that's why I kind of like try to step away and do my own thing. So it's only actually now that I'm actually coming to a sense of organization with the people that I'm working with yeah. that I'm grateful to have. Yeah. So I'm ready to release mine by spring. If, well, the single before that, yes. Thank God. So that's what <laughs> I've just been preparing to get back in this, you know, gym or not the gym, my gym. Yeah. <laughs> um, <Go to> treadmill. <laughs> getting like some, yes. Getting prepared. And then I even yeah. dance in front of the mirror just in case I get to move still. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. I, you know, oh, so, I don't have any moves. You know, I'm an awkward, lanky white girl. I did ballet in high oh, school and I, I was, that's I was, no, no, no. I was the girl with boobs and girls with boobs don't do ballet in high school. And I was like, the, oh. I was, I was shamed for having boobs. Um, and oh I was God, just so, so awkward. I was so awkward. I've been doing samba it's, though, and that's apparently the body. I have a body shape for samba. <laughs> that's a that's amazing because you're so right. Because I remember before one thing that I said, um, performing wise, I can't yeah. jump around with my dancers. With when you have yeah. big boobs, yeah, people don't understand that. I'm like, people want to get the girls that have boobs already. They're usually fake, so they don't move. Yeah, you know, oh, the, the ones yeah. on stage. <laughs> Some, some of them that has gotten boobs, they, they have like a regular cup or whatever, but they, you know, they enhance their boobs and mm. sometimes it doesn't move. So it's okay. But with us, I, we're very gifted and it's not just something <laughs> that you can just bounce around like, Hey, you know? No, so. no, I live in sports bras. But <laughs> Me too. But yeah. Jumping around. Like I jump around with my kids and my husband thinks I'm hilarious because I they're really young. Keep but, sports yeah. Yeah. Have you tried Sheepit Sports Bra? I'm actually no. up for uh, Oh, really? Sheep you have it. to try it. I wear that every single day. It's really, it's bounce free. I'm telling you. It's, it, it, I don't know if you have any babies, but I don't have one yet. But I'm saying yeah. it's also good if like you're, you're breastfeeding because you can unstrap it. Oh, yeah. So Sheep, I, I live for Sheepit Sports Bra like every single day. 
Uh, you'll have okay. to send me the link for that because now I've got, um, <laughs> I definitely will. <laughs> I've got three kids, um, but they're past the breastfeeding stage now. Okay, but good. They're, they're okay. still young and they're very energetic. So we definitely have a lot of fun and we love to jump around in our kitchen while we're getting ready for uh, dinner and stuff and do dancing. And, um, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, and trampolining even and stuff like that. You know, the kids want you to be involved yeah. in playing and, you know, um, having to jump while holding yourself with your kids. Like you want to just be able to free and play. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> anyway. And it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's another, another conversation. All right. Well, tell me about these songs that are coming out in spring. Is there a core message or a feeling that is embodied in who you are as in your brand that you want Absolutely. people to connect to? Absolutely. Um, you know, when I, when people listen to my music, I want people to feel empowered. I want people to feel good about themselves. It's a new way of being confident, being limitless, and still having fun. And, you know, what people may think is out of the box is could be normal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just feeling confident more about doing things they want to do. That's what I want people to feel is empowered, uh, fearless, fun happy but still emotions that they have not dealt with Mm. um and you know also the independent woman that still wants you know because when it comes to music like i said i'm not like the walk girl (laughs) i mean i am in a certain way to my (laughs) private (laughs) we all are in in private uh, (laughs) right in private exactly so (laughs) right because you know, so I, I represent like the independent woman because um, I've done it, a lot of stuff on my own, but still needing a support of a strong man because I feel like I am an alpha female, but I still need an alpha male mm-hmm. because there are some times that I don't want to deal with certain things. I just want to be the girl. I just want to be feminine. Mm-hmm. And I still want people to feel that femininity and the goddess and each and every one of us and still be demanding. Mm. And, you know, at the same time, whether you're in your marriage or just as a single woman or with a boyfriend, you still feel empowered because you're still in control. Mm. So that's how I want to. You know, there's a great book that you've just reminded me of called um, Mastery of Love. And Mm. in there, there's some really great stories and lessons, especially for people who are in relationships. But they do sort of talk about essentially that you hold the power to your own happiness. And the the only time that that happiness gets crushed is when you hand that power over to another person and then expect them to handle it with care and not drop it or not disappoint you or not hurt you. And then that's where, you know, relationship breakdowns can happen. And it's like, even whether you're married or not, um, you are the only person that can make you happy. And if you try to make, like, like think about how hard it is to make yourself happy. It's hard. So, like, what on earth makes us think that we can make anyone else happy? Like, it's not our job. It's It's not our job. If if we can take that self-responsibility to make ourselves happy, then the right person that compliments us will, you know, be there for us. Right. Yeah. I mean, you you said something that I can relate to. I can be a control freak too. So (laughs) I can just imagine having a partner. That's probably why mine's never last because I'm like, (laughs) I need to get Uh, advice from you because it's like, I, when I, I, that's why sometimes I shy away from relationships because it's only now that I like literally this whole 2020 thing, I've literally just learned that part about myself. Okay, let go. Because mm. in the beginning, I was like, I put my heart into someone. I actually had a 30-day quarantine boyfriend and I was celibate. <laughs> nice. We were together 30 days in his apartment. Mind you, I had my own place. Yeah. I just moved to my own place. The quarantine happened. We started working out together. And he, I guess, you know, he was just like, well, we're going to do this together. I was like, Okay. Because we don't know what was happening to the world. We thought it was going to We don't know. Yeah. So we stuck together and we were both, you know, he's a very good looking guy too. And he's all into fitness and, but we were celibate. So it, but it was yeah. temptation. That was yeah. part of the problem. <laughs> that was part of the problem. So I was losing, I was starting to lose weight again too. That was my first time losing weight in quarantine. And then I gained weight again. But she would have been anyway, feeling great. <laughs> right. But it was like also the control issue, like, of, um, I guess after the breakup, I was so heartbroken again because, mm. you know, I've had other heartbreaks before, but I realized that, you know what, I, I should have learned not to put all my, um, you know, confidence of 
like making myself or getting happy from him. Mm. It was for me while still being in the relationship. Yeah. But because it was so new, I was in his place. I was frustrated with myself. I was not used to being the girl waiting at home for him to come home. I was used to being a busybody, yeah. working hard for other things. And then I'm waiting for you to come home. Yeah, what? I've been there. No. That's, yeah. Yeah, so. We do that. We do that as girls. Like, I don't know why... Um, it's something that it's like a pandemic, like every female on the planet, I haven't really met many that haven't been there at least at some point in their life where we think right. that, and I think it might be a little bit of a Disney thing <laughs> where we think right. that we need a man. Right. <laughs> we think I we know. need Prince Charming to come and rescue us. And I, I totally married a guy who has white knight syndrome. Like he rescued me because we met Aww. when I was at my absolute lowest of low with my mental health and he did, he was my rock and he was my encourager, a bit like your dad encouraging when you were a kid. My husband was the first person to come in and say, you can do this. I believe in you. And that Aww. was the beginning of my healing. And I, I do believe that God gives us what we can handle. And I don't think I could have handled anything with, if I hadn't have met him, like um, especially right. having our children and all everything that comes in with it. Like, yeah, yeah. there is a right time and we've got to let go and let go of that control because it's so useless. <laughs> Yes. Someone does have yes. control. It's just not us. <laughs> right. Exactly. No, that's one yeah. thing. And there's one thing we learned this year is control. We don't, none of us have control. Mm, none of us. No, security mm-hmm. is an illusion. Absolutely. Right. Exactly. So what, what's the best advice you've ever been given in this industry? One of the best advice I would say that I still remember is, um, I know it's very simple, but I guess it's relevant right now to everything I go through is like never let anyone see you break. I know what I know. It's like, but I just remember one time when I was about to perform, it was for all-star weekend in Las Vegas. And I was frustrated because the promoters didn't have it together. You know, they didn't have the organ, like they didn't have anything organized. And I was getting frustrated at them. And I was like, what, when am I performing? Am I performing here? Am I wasting my time? Blah, blah, blah. And -hmm. one guy was like, Vanilla, get a hold of yourself. Don't let anyone ever see you break. Yeah. I was like, okay. All right. I mean, it's relevant to a point where you come across certain situations in business. Because like I said, we're artists. I'm an artist at the end of the day, but I still have to put a businesswoman hat on when it comes mm. to dealing with different people. So when even though I'm emotional or I'm upset about a deal, let's say, and I already know they're trying to take advantage of me or whatnot, which is the name of the game in this business. Unfortunately, sometimes that's what they try to do most of the time. Mm. Um, it's, it's like you, I can't act upon my knowledge of, you know what, this person is trying to mess me with me. I could be like, how dare you? I can still act professionally. Like, okay, no, this is not what I want. This is what's going to happen. This is how I operate. And this is how much I charge. This is how much it's going to be. Like, Mm. you still have to work with it head on and always, I mean, not so much someone gave me, but some things I've learned, you know, is to stay strong. Um, and also I say stay strong because about a year ago, um, I finally assigned a manager, right? I loved her to death. She was a bee. She was a monster when it comes to business. She closed every deal. As soon as I met her, we like, I was like her daughter. She was literally like, you know, she was also financially supporting me. Finally, like I was, um, going to host her network. And I was like, God, thank you. I've been waiting for this. I finally have a good salary. A yeah. month and a half in, she passed away. Oh, God. And it was a crazy, yeah, it was one of the craziest situations I've ever had to deal with. Like we were traveling to Las Vegas. I was hosting, doing red carpet hosting for yeah. um, a big event that they had out there. And the next morning, the whole team, we were all supposed to leave to go back to LA to do another event with um, the guy from Black Panther. I was going to do mm-hmm. an interview with him. Um, man, I can't think of his name on top of my head. <laughs> he also he also passed away. Um, uh, you know, the guy from Black Panther, the, what's his name? The actor. Yeah, I think passed. I know who you're talking about, but I can't think of his okay, name. So, we'll insert so name <laughs> Right, I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so anyhow, that morning we were supposed to leave and I was calling her because normally she'd wake everyone up. Like she'd be the first person ready. I wasn't hearing anything from her. I'm like, okay, yeah. well, we're, we're in Vegas. You know, um, maybe something happened. But anyway, that morning, yeah. basically, she passed away um, you know, in her like, hotel room. 
Mm. Yeah, no, in her hotel room, she had um, uh, a aortic aneurysm. So, you know, basically it was a heart attack kind of, you know, and they found her on the floor. And it was like devastating for me because I was literally traveling with her for like, I was spending the last days of her lives with her. I was the person Mm. who was with her 24-7. And it's, you know, it's just a crazy drastic, you know, uh, situation. But that same week, I still had events that I had to do and I still showed up. Mm. it's like the first two days I was crying, crying, crying. And then the third day I just felt this sense of relief. It was like a sense of peace that I was Mm -hmm. like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And I just kept moving. So, you know, it's like, I I realized, like I said, it's like with this business, it's like, you know, it's going to happen. I mean, Mm. there's going to be so many different times. Like you're going to have to be out there on stage performing for the world, but all the BS is happening behind you. So you have to be strong and still, you know, another, another thing, one time my mom's house burned down. I've, I've been through so much. My mom's yeah. house burned down the day after Christmas. Mm. And I, yes, exactly. And at that time I just gave up my apartment. I moved my stuff to my mom's house, but I was staying at a girlfriend's house in LA. So it'll be close to everything. Yeah. So all my stuff was gone, but the next day I still had to perform a national anthem for a hockey game. And I still did. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like the show must go on, you yeah. know, no matter what, the show must go on. What can you do? Dwell over it? I mean, yeah, of course, I'm sad, but it's things, it's material things, and you have to keep going. Yeah. That's all you can do is keep going, you know? That's and very that's one thing um, I'm inspirational. Yeah. Well oh, done. Thank you. Oh, thank you. It's something that we all have to learn at some point in our lives is to mm-hmm. when to be strong. And it doesn't mean that you don't grieve. But, you know, there's a time and place and we still need to just take the time you need, but also um, be responsible. I guess. And it sounds Absolutely. like you're able to be strong and be responsible. Right. And you're obviously a mm-hmm. very hard worker, which is very inspirational. Thank you. Yeah. What would you yeah. say to someone who was just starting out, go back to, say, yourself when you first were, you know, young and naive and going to Hollywood? What advice, if you could go back and speak to yourself then, would you give yourself? Guard your heart. I mean, people told me that all the time, but I was just too stubborn to listen. <laughs> but guard your heart. I mean, it's especially when you're new and fresh and you're so full of hope mm. and full, full of excitement and innocence. There are people that will see that like, oh, okay, and take advantage of that. Guard your heart with boyfriends, everything. Guard your heart. Just be also be aware of, uh, you know, the people you allow in your circle don't listen to, and don't listen to uh, naysayers. Just don't listen mm. to um, anyone's um, negative criticism. I mean, if it's a professional criticism, then it's a different story. Like if you're getting mm. a professional, you know, but even then don't stop if they provide you with a negative criticism, like, oh, you need to work on your voice a little bit more. Okay, cool. I'll work on my voice a little bit more. Don't take it as a negative thing. It's like, it's mm. okay, let me just improve myself a little bit more. So those are the things that I would say to, you know, as an advice, guard your heart yeah. and you know, don't be uh, a whore. Cause someone, <laughs> someone gave me that advice before. Um, one of my first producers was like, perform, 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 and don't be a whore. Perform, 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 don't be a whore. I was like, okay, perform, 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 don't be a whore. So that's exactly <laughs> what I did. And I was like, yes, cause I get it. Like guys will try left and right. And you know, so if you're not whole in yourself and it will see, you know, and it sucks because even when I work with new musicians now, because their expectations of us musicians are that, that they were like, oh, wait, hold on. I am dealing with a queen. I'm not dealing with another. <laughs> regular, you know what I mean? So it's a different yeah. thing. You have to really put your foot down and, you know, earn the respect with people. Yeah. Especially out here. It's crazy. Yeah. Honestly, I'd, um, I'd probably be too intimidated to even... <laughs> attempt but I have met some people who are actually really lovely which um is nice but yeah there's just so much reputation that um Mm -hmm. hats off to you for being there (laughs) reputation and always walk away with clean hands yeah so if there's a business deal that's happening that you may not like just walk away but with peacefully because there are sometimes you're gonna be like oh you know what forget this person this person did me wrong there's not Mm. one person in the industry because I've been 
doing this in and out for so long, but, but there's not one person in the industry. And that's also part of the reason probably of my longevity in the business mm. that people still support me is because I've never stepped in anyone's toes on, on the way to the top. If it's not for me, it's not for me. I'm just going to get it on my own. I just literally do it out of the kindness of my heart. Or mm -hmm. if something happens and they usually they, you know, they messed with my business or they stepped on my toes. I just walk away peacefully. Yeah. Thank you. It was great knowing you, but I'm walking away. Yeah. I've, you know, I believe, I firmly believe in that because that will uh, sustain your longevity in this business because you mm. never know if you encounter that person again. At least yeah. you always know the balls in your court. And they'll always think of you like, well, you know what? I respect Renella for doing this, you know, and I feel bad that I actually did this because they'll always yeah. feel bad. For you. Yeah. You and know? you're right. You never know. And um, trying to correct someone or getting upset or angry is probably never going to be beneficial to you or to them, um, especially mm -hmm. if they're at a point where <laughs> they're not ready right. to receive feedback. Um, but yeah, it is a skill. Someone's told me that it, that's one of the biggest skills they ever learned. Um, in this industry is how to say no nicely <laughs> right? and, and like not be a people pleaser because it, being a people pleaser in this industry is a quick way to burn out and it's not going to be helpful right. for anyone. Right. So exactly. here's a question for you and this comes to co-writing or writing with other people. Have you done a bit of co-writing before? Yes, absolutely. No, you said, you said before you did it with your partner. Mm -hmm. um, if you could co-write with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? Dead or alive? Oh man, Sorry, I missed that part. Leon <sighs> mm. Warwick. She she wrote "I Will Always Love You," right? Oh, wait, I will uh, always. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a powerful song. Mm -hmm. You like singing that one? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like singing powerful songs. Yeah. So I would definitely want to write, co-write with her. Yeah. She's an amazing. Writer, I mean, she she'll know how to write with the vocals, and yeah. that's one thing that I think that you know is important. Yeah, but that's yeah. cool, awesome. So that's kind of all the official questions I have for you, and I really appreciate Amazing. you sharing everything. Is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you'd like to share that you're doing or? Um, I'm going to put all your links and social so people can connect to you, listen right. to your music, follow you, and um, you know watch your new stuff come out next year. Awesome. No, you know what? I'm just excited because I really know, you know, everything is um, still kind of up in the air, but there, I know there's a lot of things that's going to happen for me next year because mm. that's why I'm planting my seeds right now. I know one day I'll be singing for the Super Bowl. I don't know when, mm -hmm. but I know I'll be singing for the Super Bowl one day. Yeah. Like I just, I, I just, you know, it's in my checklist. So that's hopefully incredible. I'm singing at a, a stadium in Australia one day too. All right. Thank you so much. I will let you know oh, when it's all ready you. to go up and live and I'll, yeah. um, I'll do all the Appreciate pros it. and tag you. And um, yeah, and no, I'm looking forward to sharing Thank it. I think it's really inspirational yes. what you're doing. Thank you so much. Stay in touch and please continue to share your voice and your time. Yep. And when you're They're in Australia, let woman. me know. And when I, when I can come Absolutely. to America, I will let you know. <laughs> yes. Nice to all meet right. you. Lovely to meet you all too. Right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining our songwriter Trist today. To join the family and keep up to date with future podcasts, you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram and Twitter. Please leave a review and subscribe. To support the podcast or contact me or our guests, please go to the website songwritertrists.com. Crowd, no one can hear me, wish I could